This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Welcome to the Untitled Pittsburgh Sports Comedy Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. We are at the Liveberg Studios up in Glenshaw. Check them out, LiveburgStudio.com. Our producer, Ben Stonium, is here. Mm. John, we got a big show this week. You look you look handsome. You oh, look good, buddy. God. You really do. Thanks. I got a, I got that haircut from right. the last episode. So Tad's had really long hair for a really long time, and he had to cut it. And see more of that handsome face. Sucks, it's and gonna, I hate it. It's going to be hot boy summer. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be pushing 40, guy giving up summer. Great hairline, though. You got Fine, a full head of sure, hair. I'll you're take combing it. your hair. You said you're combing your hair. You're, you're like a doll now. You said you comb your hair. What kind of comb are we using? Brush comb? What are we working uh, I with? I wish here? I had it on me. I've yeah. had to carry it with me to like bonerly comb my hair. Dude, you're that guy. I'm Waldo in the Hot for Teacher video, mm. but without the like becoming cool arc. Mm hmm. And then I I complained about pushing forty, and then I made a Van Halen reference on this part. It's a terrible mistake. The show's off to a to a rocky start. Summer's here, John. You know what that means? Uh, regatta. No, but that's a great guess. Bigfoot. Oh yes, Bigfoot. This is you know no one's ever going to find Bigfoot in the winter. It's too obvious. Snow tracks. He's laid up. It's a lay- <laughs> He's laid up at your girl's house. What you going to do? Yeah, um, it's summer, and recently there was the Forest County Bigfoot Festival. It's up in Marionville. Ben Stoneham and I had a very real conversation a few weeks ago about going up there, and due to some extenuating circumstances, we were unable to, uh, but they had a great list of guest speakers, and one of them was a Bigfoot expert, Justin Decker, who's going to join us to talk about Sasquatch. Speaking of summer, mm. it's summer for you. Oh, yeah. School's out, baby. Yeah, so you're a teacher, so summer's here. And I want to know, I remember like being a kid and just that last week when you're mailing it in. The teachers are mailing it in. The janitor's like, I can't wait to shutter this building and right. not come back for three months. Like Everybody's on cruise control. Mm-hmm. How is it different now that you've seen two sides of that? Well, what I remember as a kid is like, that was like the last week of school, you know? And now, as a teacher, <laughs> that's like the last six weeks of school. <laughs> I don't know why or when they started doing this. I think across the country it's different. But when I was growing up, school was like Labor Day to Memorial Day. They're getting real loose and stretching it out at all these schools all over with like, you know, you're coming back in mid-August and you're going till mid-June. I don't know what that's about, but these kids are being robbed of... (laughs) Of, of summer. They need that sweet 
summer. You're not saying it's this not for selfish me. reasons. No, no, no. Right, this right. is about the kids. It's about the future of America. Right. Don't you want them to have more unstructured time to do the things that we did? John, this past weekend, we both went to weddings. Mine was in Louisville. Okay. Props to you for saying it correctly. You know, I'm talking to some buddies, and there's this guy, on, they're like on the outside of the conversation. Okay. And my buddy was getting married. He's in the army. And I was wondering, like, oh, like, when do you wear your uniform in the army? And I said, oh. hey, guy on the outskirts of the conversation, are you in the service? I've got a question you about welcome, you when. You welcomed him in. Yeah, I said, yeah. hey, fella, yeah. my name's Tad Whistle. Right, you look like you were trying to get in here. Yeah, get on in here. Yeah. Come on in. So I invite this guy, you know, I engage him in conversation. Mm. And I'm like, do you happen to be in the service? He said, yes, that he he had. Mm. And I said, well, when do you wear your uniform when you get married? And he's like, oh, man, I mean, it all depends. I mean, my wedding, like, check this out. Goes for the phone. Okay, cool. I'm about to see a photo. Of you in full regalia. Speedily. Time is of the essence here. Okay. I'm not kidding. The seven-minute search. No. For a f- picture of this guy and he, is he apologetic while he's doing it or he's, uh, he's holding a drink then the groom comes over because the conversation is stalled and the groom's right. like yeah so part of the time you do this is when you know if you're a private let's say you're private and you've got maybe you've got some medals like i think hey you look great man congrats your bride is beautiful right. i love you and right. and well the dude the dude's like where do you see this picture yeah where do you see this picture and i'm like oh no it was just the it got to the point where I was wondering, is this a bit? Am I getting f***ed with right now? Yeah. Like, am unbeknownst to me, is it? Is it like, are there dudes in a surveillance van down right. the street like, it's been four and a half minutes right. and Tad still has no He's idea. He's on the line. He's dangling like a <laughs> smallmouth bass on right, this bullshit picture. Holding an empty drink. He can't wait to get back over to the open bar. Let's see how it plays out. Right. It was horrible. Mm-hmm. And of course, hey, look, have I been that guy? Yeah, absolutely. Well, how was the picture? Was it was it hot? It was just a guy wearing his military uniform with his wife. Okay. It was fine. How'd she look? Fine. All right. They were they were, they were a, you know, a nice upstanding couple. Was it was it worth 7 minutes? Damn, that is that's rough. No, it wasn't. All right, John, let's do it. Let's get to our Bigfoot expert, Justin Decker. He lives in Tennessee now, in the woods, in a camper. I don't want to step on the interview too much. It's pretty informative. He says a lot of interesting stuff about Bigfoot. Here he is, Justin Decker. From the Amazon jungle to the upper peninsula of Michigan, from the Everglades to the Smoky Mountains, Justin Decker has lived a unique life, giving him a unique perspective on the world we live in. And he joins us now on the Untitled Pittsburgh Sports Comedy Podcast. Justin, I, I got to ask, have you ever been on a date with someone and it's like it's going really well and then they reveal to you that they do not believe in Bigfoot? Is that like, you know, someone saying they're from the Church of Latter-day Saints like 50 minutes into a date? Well, I can honestly say I never really experienced that. I was married for 17 years and my ex-wife didn't really believe in Bigfoot, but she kind of humored me. And I actually met my current fiance at a Bigfoot conference. So never really had much experience in that. All right, so you found you found the right girl. That's 
That's awesome, man. I'm curious about what was the what was your gateway into this world? I was born and raised in the Amazon jungle in Columbia, South America. So I was already raised with the idea that there is stuff out there that we don't know and we don't understand. So when I moved to the United States when I was 10, and I first started hearing about these monsters like Bigfoot and Loch Ness, it was kind of a natural transition for me. So you can see I never did not believe that there was stuff out there. So I just kind of got curious to it and just started reading more and more and just kind of fell into it. Recently, there have been some, in the last five years, there have been some Western Pennsylvania Bigfoot sightings. I know that you were up here mostly in western northwestern Pennsylvania uh, to do a uh, Bigfoot festival. Would this be a good place to find Bigfoot? If, if like, the first super confirmed, we all agree this is Bigfoot sighting happened, could it happen in western Pennsylvania? Yeah, absolutely. The Allegheny Forest out there um, is rife with reports. Just for the weekend that I was up there, I talked to six different individuals claiming their own reports within about a 10-mile radius of Marionville, where the festival was. Um, so there's definitely a lot of activity up there, and I would not discount it if, if something came from that area that was more solid and, and proof and evidence. What, what, what might one do if you're trying to sort of bait him into the, the light, into maybe a possible sighting? Well, from what I've learned is pretty much every researcher that does field work, research has their own methods. Um, I, for one, don't believe that wood knocking and making calls is going to be that effective as far as bringing anything in. They tend to be very curious. So the most effective methods I've heard is basically setting up a camp and acting like you're not researching them, right? Justin, have you ever seen the pickup artist? Actually, I have. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So you said set up a camp and don't appear to be researching Bigfoot, right? Okay, so what about negging Bigfoot? So, like, negging, of course, is the technique where you, like, make passive-aggressive little digs at someone, and they're like, hey, why is this person not into me? Could you announce to the forest, like, hey, Bigfoot, I bet you're out there. Not. Psych. Would that be possible? Like, would that play to Bigfoot's fragile sense of self? You know, it's possible. There are some researchers out there that believe when you go into the woods, you should you should speak to them and let them know you're there and what your intentions are. So if, if that's, you know, what works for you, I can see you throwing a little digs in there just trying to get them riled up a little bit. I like that. I think that's good. <laughs> what are people getting wrong about Bigfoot? Like, you know, I was like always like a big monster hunter or monster quest or whatever that show was. What are people like missing or is universally not true based on the reports that you've read? Well, the biggest thing is people always think Bigfoot is somewhere else. He's over here in the Pacific Northwest. He's always somewhere else. He's nowhere near my town. Where reports are coming in that they are close to residential areas. They are close to your neighborhood. And they will come in at night and, and scavenge. They'll go after pets and they'll go into the dumpsters. You know, so everybody thinks you have to be way out in the middle of the woods somewhere to have an encounter. And the reports just show that's not true. Based on what you just said, is it possible that Bigfoot is living somewhere down by the busway? He'd have to have a lot of good cover to be down that way, so I don't know your area, but they some people do say if, if there's a patch of woods that's big enough, he'll be there. Could Bigfoot potentially speak? Maybe not like the, we, the way we would, but like I'm thinking like a Chewbacca. Uh, the general consensus is yes, they are able to communicate verbally with each other and they have a language. Oh, wow. Justin, I, I feel like I'm 
left with more questions than answers. But this has been super informative. Is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up or how people can follow along and, and learn more about Bigfoot through your social channels? Sure, absolutely. You can always find me on Facebook. It's just my name, Justin Decker. Um, I'm co-hosting a podcast. The YouTube channel is Grizzly on the Hunt. And it'll be paranormal encrypted rabbit holes. So we're going to be checking out all kinds of fun stuff with it. And the biggest thing, guys, remember, life is full of mystery. It doesn't matter what mystery you're looking at. Just go find something to look into. I like that. Thanks, Justin. Hell yeah. Thanks a lot, Justin. Really appreciate you taking the time. Hey, not a problem, guys. I appreciate it. I'll holler at you later. There he was, John. Justin Decker. Cool guy. I got to say, I would... It would be pretty awesome to be like up in Tyanesta at Deer Camp mm. and you like roll into like some townie bar or something and he's there and you play pool and it comes up somehow about Bigfoot and then you just like sit in a corner booth with him for six hours getting absolutely hammered talking about Bigfoot. I mean, he, you know, there's he had an answer for everything. Hey, and what, it was just, what do you want to know? Yeah. What do you want to know about yeah. Bigfoot? Yeah. You know what I heard? Ben Stonium told me before the show that there was a Bigfoot sighting out in Imperial. Oh, my God, dude. On Boggs Road. Is he, like, eating garbage? Because <laughs> I that? don't like people f***ing around with my garbage. <laughs> That'll get, you know, if Bigfoot knows what I get that we're supposed to be scared of him, you start f***ing around with some dude from Brookline's garbage. Yeah. It's your ass, Bigfoot. Right. <laughs> Especially in those immediate South Hills neighborhoods where they... Where, like, all those dudes three years ago uh, had alligators escape from their house. Yeah, man. They're, they're not scared of exotic creatures. No. And they're yeah. definitely not afraid of Bigfoot. If you have a King Cobra in your Brookline apartment. Right. What's Bigfoot? What's Bigfoot? <laughs> Bigfoot ain't shit. Well, wouldn't you? Well, it's another thing that humans have ruined. We've taken Bigfoot off of his normal diet. Right. Of what I would assume is are, like, deer... And hand-caught bass. Yeah, and like mushrooms. Turtles. Yeah. Yeah. And now, Bigfoot is eating the last eighth of a burrito and most of the tinfoil. Yeah, Bigfoot. Bigfoot's the one that uh, dropped those logs in front of the <laughs> Market Square at Chipotle. Well, Tad, it's going to be a great summer of music here in Pittsburgh. Yes, it is, John. Uh, all kinds of shows local big headliners and this week doubleheader the swifties are coming to town taylor swift it's just going to be jammed in allegheny county there's no hotel rooms there's no tickets left prices are crazy high but it, so infrastructure time the city is all going to stop like if there was oh it's going to be huge right it's i'm not go i'm planning on not going anywhere this weekend okay as a result yeah we should be concerned right right i was doing some research Things that people do at Taylor Swift concerts. So it's it's her Eras tour, right? So yeah, she's, I, okay. she's been around for a while, right? She's got like 10 or 11 albums or something. And uh, so people are going to be dressing up like different eras of Taylor. That's like part of the thing. People are also making friendship bracelets like, and when you meet people at the concert. And I was trying to think of what, what would be some fake, fake things. <laughs> That you could go and, do and be like, no, this is the thing, right? I know it might seem weird, but here's what we do at the Taylor Swift concert. Guys, here in Pittsburgh, when Taylor comes to town, we trade pacifiers. <laughs> it's called swapping passies. Right? Binky Swifts. 
<laughs> Swift Binks. But also the eras tour, people dressing up like different eras. And I was wondering, how many eras have you had? <clears throat> Civil War baby (laughs) Taylor Swift Yeah you can really take Yeah I don't know why Christening Right 1800s christening Christening gown Taylor Swift Era T-Swift era era. Mm -hmm. Juggalo T-Swift Juggalo (laughs) T-Swift Bigfoot T-Swift Dude yeah That would be sick But see That would like a glittering You get to A certain point where That would be maybe T-Swift Riding the coattails of perhaps oh, the big, most famous cryptid, yeah, on the planet. But she's smart. She gets it. She's she's got a big tent. If you talk to her, she'd say we really need to get our arms around this community. Favorite Taylor Swift song? If you had to pick I, one, man, I don't know if I could name five. Mm. I would know mm. them to hear them, right? Or like, would you go down if you got a free ticket? Would you go down? Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. See, that's I the just thing. can't imagine myself you'd have being into that it would make sense to drive yeah. three neighborhoods over and and walk oh yeah literally walk from lawrenceville yeah yeah three and a half miles yeah each way that would make that would be a prudent financial decision right and it would save you time speaking of music john mm. even though were we even what were we even just talking right. about you called me the other day we had a nice little phone chat because yeah. you were taking your guitar to be repaired mm-hmm. and it reminded me of one of the great all-time John guitar stories. Oh, yeah. We were at work. You were like, I got a weird, this is a weird number. I got to take this. And you stepped out of the office. This is like seven, eight years ago. Yeah. And uh, this was great. So I had a friend who was living abroad and uh, traveling light. He was coming home. He was flying with his guitar. It got lost. You know, the airport or the airline, I don't know how this works, they're going to send somebody to drop off my guitar. Can I have them drop it off your house? I'm like, yeah, sure thing, dude. So I'm at work. I get a call. Hey there. I'm here. I'm at your house. Could you come down and sign for for your luggage? Hey, man, I'm actually, I can't. Uh, I'm at work, but you can just drop it on the porch, man. It's a... I'm not worried about it. Uh, I can't do that. I can't do that. No, man, seriously. It's not on you. It's good. I'm, I'm good. You could even just, if you want, you could knock, see if my neighbor's home. Or he's like, I, sir, I got to have to insist. I, I, you got to be here for me to for me to drop this off. And I'm like, at this point, it's middle of my day. I'm like, this is turning into a headache. Finally, I'm like, why? Why not? Why won't you? And he's like, because, because, because it's a gun. <laughs> I'm not going to drop a port. I'm not going to drop this over your port. Do you have a gun? It's a gun. And he th- because it was a guitar, which I don't know. I don't. I see a guitar. I never think gun. I think guitar first, gun he, second. He had just seen the movie Desperado yeah. with Antonio Banderas about the mariachi singer who carries guns in a guitar case. Right. So I'm like, you know, I'm standing outside. I'm like, sir, it is not a gun. I can assure you. It looks like a gun. I'm telling you right now. Look, it's a gun. Here's what we're going to do. He says, send me a text message that says, this is not a gun, and you can leave it on the porch. I'm like, okay, sure, man. Got it. And, you know, he did. He left it there. In his mind, he was like, I'm cleared of all wrongdoing. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? I'm like, I don't, think that, I don't think if it really got dicey, like if... if 
<laughs> if like this dude did get pinched for like foreign arms dealing, they'd be like, well, you, sir, you actually are able to, the judge is like, sir, you can walk. You did receive a text message from the other party that said, this is not a gun. Leave it on the porch, which absolves you of any wrongdoing. Like, but in his You're mind. You're free to go. Yeah. Bailiff, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. see him out. Right? It's a gun. I'm glad to know that that guy cared enough to be like, uh, many people would be like, it's 3.30. Right. It's a Tuesday. I'm going to drop this fucking gun on this guy's <laughs> porch and go to the bar. Right. Yeah. Hey, I guess you can mail guns now. Yeah. It's above my pay grade. Right. Here's your gun, a- buddy. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm not even leaving a partial slip. Right. Children, yeah. p- children playing in the alley down the street. Dog yourself. No, it's good, though, that, he, that there's some people out there still care. Right. John, the last thing I want to say before we get out of here is, uh, you know, no one needs uh, our nuanced take or whatever on the late, great Stan Saverin, but I had the opportunity to work with him uh, 12 years ago when I was working at Clear Channel. He was a really great guy, and I was a nobody. I was a gopher. Mm. He really, really did not have to be nice to me. And he always was. That's what's up. The board ops, like people, anyone who was part of the show or was, you know, working in and around Stan, he always made time to make those people feel like real people, which is something that doesn't always happen Mm. in commercial radio or in media. The character that you heard on the radio and saw on TV, like where he was like emphatic about things, Mm -hmm. like that was really who he was. But I don't think he ever let on like how funny he was. So he's right. like, our flight gets delayed. He's like, oh, this just can't happen. We we just we can't do this. <laughs> like we can't. He went up to the ticket counter and he's like, uh, ma'am, I I am I'm really sorry. I have to get home. Is there any way we can oh, get this man. sorted? He just he had like this this charm and class about him, and just never talked down to people. I think that that is that's rare in. Uh, in the industry and it's certainly rare in real life and i don't know it was it was cool to get to uh to like set up his computer and do mindless things that you could train a bigfoot to do uh, uh when i was working in commercial radio but you know what stan would have said what's up and asked them how their weekend was too because that's the kind of guy that he was so wow that's awesome yeah. r.i.p stan r.i.p stan we'll miss everything that he did we'll miss hearing him on the radio obviously grew up with sports beat love the show rest in peace stan a really a fun memory i have of stan is uh i used to set up a show like three times a week like at the steeler facility or like out on remote so like he would do his show randomly from like ruth's chris or something Mm. and um i had just i had just like gotten employee of the month which is like you know whatever they have to give it to somebody right and uh, Stan had like saw it in the email or something. So we're at like Ruth's Chris and I like set up, you know, the equipment and everything. And Stan's like, Tad, I heard you got employee of the month. Congratulations. I'm like, hey, thanks a lot, Stan. I really appreciate it. I'm like, yeah, you know, like they spelled my name wrong on the on the plaque <laughs> thing. They like spelled my last name wrong. Uh-huh. And he's like, well, don't you get like a, you get like a hundred dollars or you get like a gift card or something? And I'm like, uh, well, they didn't have it ready, so they gave me this bag of M and M's. I had it with me, and like they wow. gave me this bag of M and M's from the vending machine. He's like, "That's unbelievable! 
Because Stan was very much, he was like not a company man. He was a real one is what you're saying. He was a real one. So we come, so I'm like, okay, 10 seconds, Stan. He comes back on there. He puts his headset on. He's like, before we continue, we've got Tad Whistle here. He won employee of the month. Now, Tad told me they spelled his name wrong on the plaque. And he like, never, this is like very not Stan. He's like, he's like, and what did they give him? They gave him a bag of M&Ms. He launched into this like little mini thing where he's <laughs> like, he's like, we're Clear Channel Radio. Wow. An international company. He's like, we squash mom and pops like grapes. Oh, wow. He really did that? <laughs> he just like cut this promo on Clear Channel. Like He just like took this at bat that he really didn't need to. And he, then, went, he stood up for you, man. That's it amazing. It was cool. I mean, well, you know, and he would have he would have done it for for anybody. He was a cool dude. So, yeah, Stan. Uh, yeah, he'll be missed. And also, um, I don't know. This is like a maybe a reminder to appreciate the fine broadcasters we here we have here in southwestern Pennsylvania who have been doing it for a long time. Who, um, you know, are are part of your routine. Yeah, it feels like the end of an era. It kind of, it does, man. And it's, it's a big bummer, especially, you know, when Steeler pre and post rolls around and and those sort of things. And of course, all, you know, the Penguins coverage. So Mm -hmm. RIP Stan. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Untitled Pittsburgh Sports Comedy Podcast. As always, you can hit us on the hotline, 412-368-6375. Send us an email, untitledpittsburgh at gmail.com. Huge thanks to Ben Stonium, our producer. Huge thanks to Liveberg Studios for letting us use their space. It's the Untitled Pittsburgh Sports Comedy Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.